Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hangouts and Headlines. It's October 20th, 2023, and we're talking, as we always do here in this space, about the Michigan Wolverines football, only it's the topic of the actual video today. So hopefully that doesn't bother you too much if you're not a big fan of the NCAA college football or anything related to American sports. I think we've got a lot to talk about. For those that don't know, I am a Michigan law alumna, alumni. And I love the Michigan football team. And it's an interesting story when it comes out that there's investigations happening and we don't have a lot more detail there. So we're going to look at how the media has been reporting on that. We're going to be looking at other things related to the media as well, some of which I'm not going to touch on too substantively. But hopefully everybody's excited for another Hangouts and Headlines. I'm excited to get to Friday here, Friday Fun Day, and talk with you all about everything that we usually talk about. I also wanted to say thank you before the show even started to, I'm going to say just because here, gifting five Hoglaw memberships. I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate Callista gifting five Hoglaw memberships as well. Thank you, everybody who does that. I really appreciate it. Every little bit helps to support the channel and having these conversations with you all. Thank you, Cherry C. Mills, for becoming a member for nine months here on the channel. It's a long time, especially this particular year when a number of those months didn't have a lot of extra content. So thank you so much for supporting us here. I really appreciate it. And I can't say that enough. Uh, Nashe Jones says, wait, you didn't go to Michigan for undergrad too? I did not. I did not go to Michigan for undergrad. I went to Hillsdale College for undergrad, and then I went to Michigan Law School. I like to say I got the full political gambit of experiences from those two particular institutions. Uh, and I, I really never considered going to Michigan for undergrad because I always wanted to do economics and essentially prepare for law. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get into Michigan Law School because it's a highly selective program. But Thankfully, everything worked out there. I got to be a Wolverine. I get to continue to support the football program. And that's been something that I've updated you on throughout the last two years, because as I like to say in my house, the Michigan football team has not lost a game while I have been conscious for almost two years now. Yes, they lost the national semifinal game to TCU, but I was on a ventilator. I was not with you all for that particular game. And I'm told that I'm, I should be glad about that. But every other time I've been awake, Michigan Wolverines have won their football game, including twice against Ohio State in the most recent history. So it's been fun to watch, but I still don't know exactly how they lost that game on December 31st, and I don't intend to find out. Britt, I'm not paying attention to anything or reading any articles, but if it is bad news and it is about Michigan, I just know they are guilty. No need for an investigation or a trial. Just toss everyone under the jail. See, Britt, I think... The reason I like to talk about things like video games and the console war and college football is because I think we can look at some of this, right? Your, your acknowledged biases here, and I have acknowledged biases as well towards Michigan, and look at them from a perspective of seeing how things are reported on and how things are kind of elided or skipped. And we can use our critical thinking skills even for things we care about that don't really matter at the end of the day, right? The video game console war, Michigan football aren't things that ultimately matter as much in the grand scheme of life, but we still can look at, at the way they're reported on and how we feel about them and use those lessons for more important things. So I hear what you're saying. I thank you for the super chat. And I don't believe that you think that Michigan is guilty just because you heard the word Michigan in investigation. I know you, you wouldn't do that. Certainly Michigan is above reproach on this and we haven't even talked about anything. Midnight Wind says, Hogue, you know they all do it, lol, and I'm a Buckeye. 
They all do various things around the edges of the NCAA rules. I suspect that is, in fact, the case. I think one of the reasons that people like uh, getting on Michigan's case for things like we're going to talk about today is that Michigan, and I'm fully willing to acknowledge this, likes to present itself as haughtily above it all, right? That they have a certain Michigan arrogance that goes along with believing that they're the righteous and that they follow the rules and do things the right way. And so when they're attached to something like an investigation by the NCAA, a lot of folks are very interested in jumping on and saying, look at those guys, look at the moral scandal here. And I think that's part of the story that can also happen in politics, right? You see that a lot as well in the political sphere of people seeming like hypocrites. That's one of the most popular kinds of media coverage of an event. And I think that's what's happening a little bit here with Michigan, but we'll see. Snoopy Kin says, just to rile the chat up, roll tide. And of course, Alabama, the Crimson Tide, with their famous mantra of, of rolling, wherever it is that they're rolling. And of course, their very sensical elephant mascot uh, have dominated the NCAA football landscape for a number of years. So if you don't know that, Snoopy Kins is advocating here for the New York Yankees of college football, the ones that win all the time. The thinker says Michigan has been in trouble with the NCAA for the last three years. They are a corrupt program. Well, that hurts the thinker, but uh, I think that you'll find that when you look at NCAA investigations, NCAA investigations across the board, they are, speak more to how the NCAA feels about you than really what your program is doing, right? Michigan has been under NCAA investigation before for things like having practices go for too long and other programs maybe get investigated for things like covering up a murder from time to time. And it's a different, it's a different scope of investigation, I would say, between Michigan and some of the other programs. But it's fair to say that Michigan has been on the NCAA's bad side for a couple of years now. So we'll see how it goes. Snoopykins apologizes, says three years in Alabama ruined me. I like to imagine Alabamians going into the grocery store and just saying roll tide to each other. But, you know, that may or may not happen. Thomas Hogue, Dad Hogue says, this is what you get when you're the best team in the nation. Oh, you see, we're, we're Michiganders here in the chat. Just jealousy reporting as usual. Journalistic bias is now a way of life. Hail to the victors. Well, uh, Dad, thank you for that. Uh, one of the reasons I'm doing this video today is because I do want to talk to folks about being able to critically examine uh, media stories and stories that are even very important to you and about things that you enjoy, like, or otherwise are fans of and hopefully still being able to use that critical thinking skills that we talk about so much in Hangouts and Headlines. And at the end of the day, if you get to the end of this video and you think, hey, Rick really did try to present that as unbiasedly as possible with full acknowledgement of the tilt for Michigan on his part, then I think we can take away from something like this conversation that we can do it in all corners of our lives because I really love the Michigan football team. I really, really do. There's a Michigan helmet there behind me, as you can see on the shelf. And thank you for the kind words about the new background last week. I really appreciate it. Mrs. Hoglaw appreciates it too. She helped set all of this up and rotate some of my camera positions so that we could have something other than just a blank wall behind me. And I really appreciate the kind words. So as we dive in here, we're still in hangouts mode. How's everybody doing this Friday? You made it through the week. Uh, this week was a long one for me. I know you guys didn't get to see it so much, but I did a lot of taping of videos that are going to come out in the next little while. So you'll see my face on 
a couple of places, I think, if those go live, as I'm told that they will. Um, so I've been doing that behind the scenes. And Monday we did a great show or a, a show that I thought was great. That uh, was about the end of the Microsoft Activision deal and it closing on Friday the 13th. So check that out if you're interested in the end of that story. I was really happy with how that turned out and basically how my cadence is coming along and how these videos are coming along. And it's interesting because I am out of physical rehabilitation, but I'm still working through kind of how to operate after the stroke and, and go through all of these things on a daily basis. And part of me thinks, okay, I maybe came back too early and I was not fully going when I started. But another part of me thinks that you have to work through that essentially in real time and live. So thank you all for sticking with me and, and for being here for all of the many videos that maybe weren't 100% up to the speed that I would like to talk with you all at. And thank you for being here this morning, wherever you are calling in from. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. There's more than 100 of you here at nine in the morning on a Friday to talk about, well, we don't even know what, right? We're going to talk about Michigan football a little bit, but that isn't usually national news. So we will see. Shereen says, has Rick taken the background idea from Ty Guy Travis of having anything in the background? I don't think that's Travis's sole province. If anything, I probably took it from my YouTube friends uh, that uh, do law, right? The the folks like uh, Emily D. Baker and Alita that always have cool backgrounds and have lights and things going on in that background. Dad also would like to point out that he just bought a dino hoodie. So happy that Mrs. Hoaglaw and grad daughter. Well done. So I think that the reference there is that my daughter made that gaming dino. And so he's going to have a dino hoodie now. He'll probably be the only one on the block uh, with a dino, with a gaming dino hoodie. So thank you, dad. Appreciate it. All right. Thinker does say, can't wait for the Ohio state Penn state game this week. That'll be a fun one. That's a top 10 matchup for folks that like college football. Tigerette says, okay, if someone is taking a playbook and sharing proprietary info, sure, that's stealing. But if it's out in the open and televised, I mean, those quadrant paneled signs are in the open for anyone to see. And the reference there is to the fact that uh, in college football, the way that they call plays in very often is with pictures. So you'll have like things like memes from Twitter. And if that sounds odd, it is. But that'll, that'll be associated with a given play. And they'll put four of them up at once or five of them up at once. And one of the pictures will essentially say which picture is the real one. And then you'll know what play to call if you're the if you're the quarterback or if you're the head of the defense in college football. So you can see those on TV. What's been banned here, and we're going to talk about it more substantively when we get into the headlines themselves, is the notion that you go in person and specifically you go in person and you record those signs with the goal of stealing what plays are being called and delivering them to your team in the same season that that's deemed to be beyond the pale and against the spirit of competition in college football. And we'll see exactly why that's something of an open question in any event as we talk about it here today, but also the fact that the story right now isn't quite fully baked, right? If you think of it as cookies, if you think about baking cookies, they aren't fully ready to be eaten insofar as we don't have enough information to know exactly what the NCAA is talking about, which in and of itself is its own story. So we'll be talking about that. Barmar says it might be 9 for you. It's 6 a.m. for me. That's right, 9 a.m. Eastern. Everybody on the West Coast, I am waking up way, way too early, and I really appreciate your presence. I can't imagine waking up at 6 a.m. on a Friday, even though I did wake up in that neighborhood in order to take the kids to school with my wife today. 
Midnight Wind says, Dear Hogue, it's always your content, never the speed. I can appreciate that. But when I say speed, I mean really pulling the words out that I want to say and giving the ideas the right attention that I want them to have, especially in prior videos to where we are now. So I really appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Um, but I definitely go in back and look at, especially the videos when I came back in February and and look at myself and say, wow, that that's that's a long way that I've come in those months. And I appreciate everybody for sticking with what I would consider to be really slow, Rick. Super say, thank you for the super chat. Hello, Hogue. Question for you based off my trek through an epic antitrust. Sony was the only one to charge for crossplay and is the market leader. Couldn't that be an abuse of power? I think it could, depending on the context, right? That you say, all right, I'm going to extract some more money for you to get access to my to my audience. But the way it was framed in that particular story is that Sony wasn't charging specifically for crossplay. They were charging for the difference between money spent on another platform and time spent on theirs. So there's a justifiable reason I think that you can give that there's a story you can tell from Sony's perspective that says what we're charging for is essentially use of our actual services that cost money and we aren't getting the expected return from that access. Then what we're talking about is effectively pro-competitive. We want to make sure that we aren't getting taken advantage of by somebody that doesn't actually sell the access and makes more money than us, that we're, we're rebalancing things around the way they should be if we weren't otherwise allowing for cross play. So that may or may not make sense to you, but I think it's, it's logical enough that Sony wouldn't face much problem defending it. Because remember when we talk about antitrust problems and abuses of power and restraints of trade, generally speaking, we're analyzing those under what the courts call the rule of reason. And so there has to be an anti-competitive effect like extracting money from other industry players. But there, if there's a pro-competitive effect, then essentially it comes down to the balance of the two and whether or not it's, it's specifically abusive only to hurt competition. And Sony was basically extracting money, not trying to hurt competition on the whole. Mazeman90 says, we all know Ryan Day, the coach of Ohio State, is the source of this accusation. Michigan by 70 this year. We'll see. Certainly Michigan is winning its games pretty easily right now, but to the folks that say Michigan hasn't played anybody this year, that's pretty accurate. So my hope is that Michigan has a strong game against Ohio State. I don't know whether Ryan Day is a part of these accusations or not, but uh, that's part of the story as well, is you have these kind of anonymously sourced things and much like politics or the console war and these other things where passions run high, you do have parties of interest that are operating in the same league that would be interested in bringing down what is the top dog in the conference as of right now, uh, down a notch or two. So, I mean, it's possible that other coaches within the big 10 did say, Hey, you know, I think Michigan might be cheating because they're winning by 40 points every game. You don't know. Linnea K says, sorry, but is it football with a soccer ball or football with one of those oblate spheroids? I'm talking about American football. So the oblate spheroid is the winner. Not, not, not kicking goals, but scoring touchdowns. Sorry if that wasn't clear. This is a massive violation. Well, I mean, the massiveness we can discuss and certainly... The allegations are are substantial, but we'll see exactly what comes out of all this. The thinker says every win Michigan has had is now under question. I think that's the goal of these kinds of things, right? That's one of the reasons why I put in the video the title of 
Spygate 2. And we're going to talk about Spygate a little bit as well, because Spygate was a pretty famous scandal in the National Football League, the level of professional football above college football here in the United States. So Kelly C says Harbaugh even being able to comment was a surprise. Oh, we have that one. We're going to talk about Harbaugh's comment. He's not really allowed to talk about ongoing investigations in the NCAA. So they basically used their pre preliminary before the investigation has started time period to make a comment that he said, I can't make any further comments with. All right, let's see what else we've got here. I spy Hoglaw's YouTube plaque. So happy to see it. So this plaque over here is actually a wooden version of a play button plaque that my buddy Law and Lumber, Rob, made for me and actually features at the bottom instead of 100,000 subscribers, it says 100,701, which is the uh, capacity of Michigan Stadium to again reflect my love of Michigan football. Britt, thank you again for the super chat. Your support is always really appreciated. I cannot imagine imagine waking up at 6 a.m. either since I wake up at 4 a.m. every day. No need to lay in bed when I could be getting things done. Hey, more power to you. I love it. I really have started this year trying to wake up even earlier than I used to so, so I can do more during my day and so that I can get back to where I want to be as fast as possible. So I hear that. I'm just four in the morning is really, really early, man. So more power to you. Jalaris has survived this week, hoping to get good news, and my little girl gets to come home from the hospital sooner than originally expected. Prayer hands emoji. I hope so too, Jalaris. Thank you so much for being with us here this morning, and I hope you have a fantastic day and that everything turns out all right. All right, let's, let's get started here. I also wanted to point out We've got the new background. You may have seen the new timer at the top, at the start of this video. Uh, that is done by our editor, Chinchilla, uh, who is fantastic and has created a couple new videos uh, that we're going to be breaking out as part of these shows from time to time. Uh, I wanted a timer that linked up to the to the intro a little bit better, and so let let Chinchilla know if you if you like those additions. I, I think that they're fantastic, and I really want to continue to bring even more kind of professionalism and uh, set up into this space that you guys have all been so generous to attend on a regular basis. So thank you all. Nishe Jones, thank you for being a member for six months. Your recovery has been nothing short of amazing. Don't downplay your progress, Rick. I find that I do that. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I've said this in previous episodes of even hangouts there where people say very nice things about me. And I think that that's wonderful. I really appreciate it. But I think anytime that happens, you're a little bit uncomfortable with it because at least in my shoes, I look at it and say, I'm not deserving of that kind of praise. I am not, I am not special in that way. I'm just a guy trying to get through a situation that was unexpected. And if that's inspiring, that's fantastic. I, I don't feel like a hero in a movie, right? I don't, I don't feel like I deserve that. So Yes, I probably downplay it a little bit too much, and I probably apologize a little bit too often for some people's comfort, and I will try to do that a little bit less. But thank you so much for the kind words. I really appreciate it. All right. So, Shireen, 
Thank you for being a member for a year here. Happy to have my year anniversary supporting this amazing channel. That is so very nice of you to say. Thank you, Shireen. I really appreciate you being here so often and supporting the channel so so well. Thank you so much. Kurt, this is too nice. Hogue is my hero, says Kurt at Uncivil Law. That's very, that's very nice as well, man. I really appreciate it. I am I am doing my best here to keep going. And this has been a crazy week. So I'm really happy to be here on Friday. We've got this Hangouts and Headlines. We've got a new Super Mario Brothers 2D game that came out today that I'm very excited about playing. We got a new Spider-Man game. Uh, if you don't know, I not only love the Michigan Wolverine football program, I also love video games. I know that's a surprise to all of you here, uh, but yeah, it's it's a good day. So thank you so much, Kurt, and good morning to you. Wait, 2D Mario, I have missed this. Yes, Super Mario Brothers Wonder comes out today, and it's one of the highest rated games of the year. I'm looking forward to playing it. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Matthew, thank you so much for gifting Hoglaw memberships. I really appreciate that. And whoever gets that gifted membership, do check out the emojis and various things that you can see on the channel. And, and you'll be marked as a member for the live streams here. Thank you so much for supporting us that way. I really appreciate it. Katie also says season two of Diablo is super fun. It sure is. I love Diablo 4. Uh, and season two has been even better than season one. So if you like that game at all, check it out. It's interesting that that's one of the areas where I've had the most, um, let's say, passionate conversations on Twitter and social media because I love Diablo 4. I basically have loved it since it came out. And some people really don't like it, apparently. Apparently. And so that's that's an interesting one. But season two is a fantastic addition. I really like it. And if you're interested in all, at all in that game, check it out. Papa Rick says there was a new 2D Sonic that came out this week, too. What year is this? It's like, yep, there is a new Sonic game. There's a new Mario game. Spider-Man. All sorts of good stuff this week. All sorts of good stuff this year. If you like gaming, if you like any aspect of gaming, you're probably covered with some release that came out this year. Just a great time. All right, folks. So on the topic of conflicts and passion... Let's talk about one thing that we're not actually going to really substantively talk about today as kind of a starting point, and that is the New York Times headlines regarding the hospital blast in Gaza. I know I didn't prep you guys for this uh, with the, either the thumbnail or the talk of Michigan football, but this was almost the hangouts and headlines this week. And again, as I discussed last week, I just don't feel qualified to kind of piece out what is happening in a war zone half a world away. And I don't really want this space to be just focused on war news or things that have that kind of gravitas in people's lives. But I did want to mention this because this is the most obvious kind of headlines issue of this week. And that is that the New York Times did a story on Tuesday of this week about the blast in a Gaza hospital saying essentially that uh, 500 uh, people were killed, Palestinians say. That was the way that they ran the headline. And then as more and more information came out after the, after the initial stories, they kind of walked that back a little bit and kind of ended the entire sequence with a headline that was headline shift with changing claims. And the one thing I just wanted to mention about all this, because we're not going to go into Middle Eastern, international, global politics in this space. It's, I'm just not the right person to talk about the specifics there. And people have legitimate 
interests and and concerns and passions of their own on this topic. So you're not going to hear that here. Don't don't worry about that. If you saw me put this up and are, are concerned that that's where we're going to go for the rest of Hangouts and Headlines. But with a war on, there is a reason that folks call it the fog of war. And reporters have always had difficulty reporting on things in conflict zones because like we look at in other articles, like we're going to look at today, there are self-interested parties that give comments and quotes to newspaper organizations, to journalists. And in a war, those self-interests are even more pronounced than usual. So when you've got folks like Hamas on one side, the Israeli Defense Force on the other side, you're going to have issues reporting on those things. And the one thing I would say is that just like we're going to talk about Michigan football and other things that don't really matter in the real life as part of this video, keep the the critical thinking skills that we talk about here in Hangouts and Headlines in mind when you see any of these things and apply them kind of tenfold when you see it on on the ground war reporting because it's just so very hard to do. And even the New York Times and the AP and others are finding themselves kind of scrambling around what is unfortunately an institutional setting now that requires these various outlets to go as fast as possible, even more than accuracy. So what you get is this kind of changing of headlines and backstopping. And what I would ask from folks that are in this space and Hangouts and Headlines is that if you go on social media, even with a New York Times headline behind you, take a moment, take a beat to let the facts play out a little bit longer whenever we're talking about things of this significance, this level of importance, because people can really get hurt. People can get involved in protests and uprisings. And, and I've got friends in various locales around the world that have talked about this particular story this last week with me and about how their lives have been affected by them. And I would just caution everybody to take a moment when you read these headlines, because even the New York Times, even the Washington Post, even people with journalistic credentials for 30 years running can get into the kind of clickbait trap that we see in the rest of the internet. So I just wanted to point that out before we got started talking about what we're talking about, because I I really would feel remiss if I didn't mention this headline story this week because it really did change things across the week. And I didn't know how I was going to talk about it in this space, but I wanted to at least talk about keeping critical thinking going, even with issues like this one. So thank you for my little tiny TED talk there. I just wanted to make sure that we had talked about the major issues of the day. And then I also wanted to mention as part of that, this is a channel supported by viewers and listeners like you. If you'd like to check out links at Playor or Patreon to support us directly or memberships through YouTube or Super Chats, if you've already seen discussed today, all of those methods are appreciated. Or just liking, subscribing, telling your friends we're having these conversations, and hopefully they're good, educational, entertaining conversations. Uh, let me know. Put in chat. Engage with YouTube. All those various things help. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And then I, as I already said, as part of the Hangouts section here today, I did want to mention that I am as compromised as possible with respect to the story we're going to be talking about today. This is MGO blog. This is, for my money, the best analysis of a single university sports programs on the web. Uh, and it is one of the first places that I sponsored as Hogue Law back in 2016. So I've talked about the fact that I sponsored the Easy Allies and I worked with video games and that led to virtual legality. Well, one of the other things that led to virtual legality and ultimately hangouts and headlines is that I was on a radio program. I was sponsoring a radio program 
on Michigan Sports Radio also at the time. And I was sponsoring the folks at MGO Blog for putting out articles like this one and analyzing every single play of a Michigan football game. And I think they're the best at what they do, but I love Michigan football. I want to be very clear on this because when we talk about it, I want you to be able to analyze what I say the same way we look at what journalists say and the same way we analyze what sources say in those articles that journalists put out. So I am as compromised as possible. I'm going to be doing my best to give you my unbiased opinion as to how these things play out. But you should know that I very much want Michigan to be innocent of these charges, as it were. And that's that's going to be in the back of my mind as we talk about these things. Now, with that said, let's talk about Spygate. Right. So I'm going to assume that most of you are not super well versed in everything that's ever happened in American football. So we're going to use the Wikipedia entry here for Spygate. And again, gate is the suffix that people put on scandals, right? Because of Watergate. It's kind of the silliest thing I think the media does on these various things. So this is about spying. And then gate doesn't really have any impact. It just means scandal. It's a spying scandal. The Spygate scandal was a National Football League controversy during the 2007 season in which it was discovered that the New England Patriots were videotaping opposing coaches' signals during games under head coach Bill Belichick. It began when the New England Patriots were disciplined by the NFL for videotaping New York Jets' defensive coaches' signals from an unauthorized location during a September 9, 2007 game. Videotaping opposing coaches is not illegal in the NFL per se. There are designated areas allowed by the league to do such taping. Because the Patriots were instead videotaping the Jets' coaches from their own sideline during the game, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell deemed it to be in violation of league rules, stating that the act represented a calculated and deliberate attempt to avoid long-standing rules designed to encourage fair play and promote honest competition on the playing field. Now, we're not talking about the NFL today. We are talking about the NCAA. That's college football below the professional level. But this is a very similar kind of thing to what we're going to be talking about as part of the NCAA's investigation. After meeting with Goodell on February 13, 2008, Senator Arlen Specter reported that Goodell told him that Belichick had been engaged in the practice since he became head coach of the Patriots in 2000. Belichick said he believed he was operating within the rules as long as the tape was not used during the same game. And that's an important sentence because that's been the stance that Belichick had throughout all of this is that I thought it was within the rules. You say it's not, and I stopped doing it immediately after I was told that. But what we're going to see from Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the Michigan football team, is a stance that's very similar that I only ever I, I only ever do things that are in compliance with the rules. And if you know the NCAA or heck, if you've been in virtual legality with me looking at regulators like the FTC or the Department of Justice or the CMA or anybody else, you know that reasonable minds can differ on the interpretation of even short rules. And while I would prefer to see Michigan operating completely in the fair play zone of all of these things, I think there are generally ways that you can imagine a coach like Jim Harbaugh is pressing on trying to get advantages in, in football games and maybe is walking close to a line that the NCAA would prefer that he doesn't. Now, I say that to give the benefit of the doubt to the NCAA here. That's not usually an organizational body that I would give the benefit of the doubt to, whether they're investigating Michigan or Ohio State or Notre Dame or Michigan State or any other rival of Michigan. They're just not an organization that I have a great deal of respect for in terms of the way they run their body and the way they, they follow the rules or don't. Uh, this is the athletics article, NCAA investigating Michigan football amid sign stealing uh, uh, allegations. The NCAA is investigating the University of Michigan football program amid allegations of sign stealing the Big Ten announced Thursday. 
Now, interestingly, you see already from just yesterday, an editor's note here, an earlier version of this article stated the Big Ten was investigating the allegations. The NCAA is conducting the investigation. So for those of you that don't know, U.S. college football, we've got these schools, right? We've got universities and they have sporting teams and they organize themselves into conferences so that they have some common schedule that they can deem is a champion uh, and, in, and in Michigan, they play in the Big Ten, which ostensibly is the Midwest United States. It's extending to the Atlantic coast, and it's going to extend to the Pacific coast next year. So it's a very big conference. But that conference organization sits below the NCAA, which is the National Collegiate Athletic Association, which is all the schools together. So if you think about it like the U.S. government, the Big Ten is kind of like the state, and then the NCAA is kind of like the federal government. So the NCAA is doing the investigation and the Big Ten is commenting on it. U of M Athletics will offer its complete cooperation to the NCAA in this matter, Athletic Director Ward Manuel said in a statement Thursday. At the University of Michigan, all of us are committed to the highest standards of ethics and integrity for all members of our community. This is the same expectation I have of all coaches, staff, and student athletes. Now, that's a very standard kind of comment from the university, um, but it's also the kind of comment from the University of Michigan that tends to get eye rolls and various commentary on the internet from folks that are not Michigan Wolverines in that it, it already sounds haughty, right? We have the highest standards of ethics and integrity. We would never deign to do such a thing. I will sit here and tell you that I do believe that folks within the University of Michigan athletic system over the decades have deigned to do such a thing from time to time. And I, I do not believe that it is so far beyond the pale for a Michigan coach to do that but I don't know that that ha means that that happened in this particular case. We then get some interesting little tidbits here. The Big Ten, remember, this is the conference, the schools together, approached Michigan State on Wednesday. That's not the University of Michigan. That's the rival school. Ahead of this weekend's matchup between the rivals in East Lansing. That's right. It's Michigan-Michigan State Week, which is a big one if you're a Michigan football fan. Saying it's been made aware of credible evidence that's that exists suggesting the wolverines have successfully stolen signs called by the opposing team's coaches this season now that's interesting because this season the wolverines haven't been within 30 points of an opponent and there's really not a lot of places where you can see they would have needed to or or successfully called a defense or an offensive play that used the knowledge of what the other team was doing in a successful fashion so it's it's a weird accusation here and credible evidence raises question marks. This whole this whole paragraph really raises question marks because all we have from the top is the NCAA is investigating. Technically speaking, that's not a big news item. That's not a that's not worthy of note that the NCAA is investigating something because you don't know what happened until you investigate something and that could come back with a positive or a negative. So the fact that the Big Ten then said, okay, the NCAA is investigating and we're going to tell the team you're playing this week that already hates you and we're going to tell the rest of your opponents uh, that we have credible evidence that you've successfully stolen signs called by opposing coaches this season is interesting. And Michigan hasn't been told what this credible evidence is, right? The NCAA is investigating Michigan over possible rule breaking around in-person scouting of opponents, according to an industry source briefed on the matter. And we see all of this is anonymous. According to NCAA bylaw 11.6.1, off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season is prohibited. An issue with the bylaw would mean a case that would likely proceed through the traditional infractions process, which is its own black box. Manuel spoke with Conference Commissioner Tony 
Petiti on Wednesday, according to a source briefed on the allegations, as of noon Thursday, Michigan had yet to be presented with the evidence compiled in the investigation. One source who was briefed on the allegation said Michigan is being accused of using a vast network to steal opposing team signs. A vast network. Rep to vast network. This is this this accusation, this set of descriptions from the athletic here is a real conspiracy, like a really big deal that Michigan would have been engaged in for a course of years. The alleged evidence appears to suggest U of M had knowledge of what play an opposing team was going to run before the play occurs. Now, importantly, this sentence here, which is designed to be read as something nefarious or bad, is not itself illegal, right? Let's say that Michigan just figured out that they were always saying the word blue before they ran a run to the right. That would be okay that they could put that all together and were, were blocking runs to the right when they heard the word blue. The alleged evidence appears that U of M had knowledge of what play an opposing team was going to run before the play occurs is not the allegation of a bylaw break. The allegation is that we sent people to other places to go and watch their practices or watch their games, specifically to pick up call signs. And then not only were we able to figure out what the, what the plays were that were being called, those teams didn't bother to ever change their play calls and just work with the same the same play call system when they came to visit us at Michigan within the course of one year. Now we're, we're only on the seventh game of the season in 2023. And obviously the first game of the season, we couldn't have done that on. And I, I keep using, we, I'm a big Michigan fan. I'm obviously not a member of the Michigan football team or Michigan's coaching sphere. So apologies in advance for all the times I might otherwise say we with respect to Michigan. Uh, but uh, uh, the first game of the season, obviously this couldn't have been done on. And then, Things like last week's game against Indiana, where they specifically mentioned they have a new offensive coordinator and they're calling all new plays. You couldn't have done that from a defensive perspective. And again, Michigan hasn't played a team this year that is ranked above, I think, like 56th in SP+, a ranking system used to evaluate the teams. Uh, and so it's a weird allegation, but it does match up with a certain amount of consternation about Michigan's ascendance in the Big Ten. Michigan's been the Big Ten champion twice in the last two years, has beaten Ohio State for two years running, and neither Michigan State or Ohio State are really big fans of the Michigan Wolverines football program. The Big Ten Conference considers the integrity of competition to be of the utmost importance and will continue to monitor the investigation. And let me sit back and say this. To the extent that this is true, that there's a vast network set up by the Michigan Wolverines football team to go to other games in violation of bylaws and steal signs to deliver them back so that the Michigan football team has an advantage with knowing what plays are coming, either on defense or offense. I think that that is a significant concern for the integrity of competition. If that's true, I would be in favor of Michigan being penalized severely for this kind of behavior. But I have my doubts on all of this. Upon learning of the pending investigation, Michigan State initially warned the Big Ten it might consider not playing Saturday's game out of concern for health and safety for its players, according to two sources briefed on those conversations. Now, this is somewhat funny to a Michigan fan because Michigan State's having an awful season. Michigan State lost their head coach who was fired for wrongful conduct, for sexually harassing, uh, ironically, essentially their sexual harassment consultant at Michigan State. So Michigan State saying, hey, we, we told the Big Ten we might not play for health and safety concerns is, is interesting. But they didn't do that. On Thursday morning, Michigan State confirmed it will play the game. Michigan's upcoming opponents were notified of the allegations and games are expected to take place as planned, an industry source said Thursday. Now, 
as you've noted throughout, all of this is sourced uh, independently. All of it is anonymous. Nobody is really speaking on any of this stuff in this particular article, but certainly the athletic is standing behind some pretty factual based statements here coming from nothing but anonymous sources. Even the ones that talk about the vast network is a source who was briefed on the allegations, right? This isn't the person making the allegations. This isn't an investigator. This is someone who was told what the allegations are and doesn't even really say that they were given the allegations. They were told by someone what the allegations were going to be. So we've got a couple of steps removed from this. Uh, as we look forward to the football game this Saturday, we are chagrined by the news of the NCAA investigation, and we echo the Big Ten Conference's commitment to integrity. The allegations are concerning, but will be handled through the NCAA's processes. Michigan State has no further comment on that matter. The university is focused on supporting our own team and preparing campus for a safe game day environment. Read a statement from Michigan State Interim President Teresa Woodruff. Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh said that he and his staff will fully cooperate with the investigation. So let's let's talk about some of these comments, right? So this is the article from The Athletic. This is one of the early articles on this particular topic modified for not being a Big Ten investigation. And at the same time, we got comments from a couple of the key players. The Big Ten went out with this. Late Wednesday afternoon, the Big Ten Conference and University of Michigan were notified by the NCAA that the NCAA was investigating allegations of sign stealing by the University of Michigan football program. The Big Ten Conference has notified Michigan State University and future opponents. The Big Ten Conference considers the integrity of competition to be of the utmost importance and will continue to monitor the investigation. The conference will have no further comment at this time. Now, this is unusual because, again, the NCAA is constantly investigating teams. They're constantly investigating programs. It's in some ways their job, certainly their infractions committee's job. And so the fact that somebody's being investigated is not usually the kind of thing where you see a conference say, we've told all your opponents uh, in advance because, well, frankly, nothing's been proven yet and the process is not complete yet. So this suggests that the Big Ten certainly thinks there's some there there, but it's important to note that investigating allegations is not in and of itself evidence of really anything as of yet. And Jim Harbaugh, and, and Jim Harbaugh has his own commentary on this, if I remember where I put that particular tweet. Hang on one second, folks. I want to make it clear that I and my staff will fully cooperate with the investigation into this matter. I do not have any knowledge or information regarding the University of Michigan football program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed any staff member or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. I have no awareness of anyone on our staff having done that or having directed that action. I do not condone or tolerate anyone doing anything illegal or against NCAA rules. No matter what program or organization that I have led throughout my career, my instructions and awareness of how we scout opponents have always been firmly within the rules. Pursuant to NCAA rules, I will not be able to comment further while this investigation takes place. And Jim Harbaugh has been in the spotlight of the NCAA for a couple of years now. The more conspiratorial-minded among us suggest that that's because Jim Harbaugh would really like to see profit sharing go out to the student athletes at the NCAA football level that he's in control of, but generally speaking, all NCAA student athletes. And we're currently in a time period with respect to college sports in general that is closely evaluating exactly how the money is split that is made on things like bowls and national playoffs and championships and the final four and March Madness. And that, that, that money should be shared with the people that are actually making it, the players, and not just limited to the universities. And so Jim Harbaugh is kind of an advocate for more profit sharing with the student athletes. And the NCAA might, 
view that as essentially an existential crisis. Now, I'm not generally that conspiratorially minded on these kinds of things, but I do think Jim Harbaugh is an unusual personality that like a sore thumb kind of just sticks out and is is the kind of nail in want of a hammer if you're looking at it from the NCAA's perspective. And so I do think that he tends to, to garnish this kind of attention. Whether or not that's because something actually happened, I don't know. But I also sit back and say it is the kind of thing that could be alleged pretty easily by anonymous sources. And we do know that he's upset a number of coaches across the country, really, but certainly within the Big Ten. Now, that being said, I also wanted to point out that this particular bylaw is one that the NCAA work group, the folks that look at the rules, uh, has considered eliminating in the very recent past. This is a worksheet from one of their meetings that was proposing the elimination of the regulations governing the scouting of opponents. And the reasons would be that the regulations governing scouting of opponents are not national significance. They don't rise to the level of the NCAA being concerned with them. And importantly, that widespread availability of video would suggest minimal competitive advantage would be gained from in-person scouting and would be offset by the coach's diversion from other coaching responsibilities. This doesn't make a lot of sense for anybody to do or to invest in a vast network to do because you're not going to get a lot of advantage. And oh, by the way, all the games are on TV. Now, the comments were that we're not eliminating that bylaw. The subgroup noted that the Legislative Council did not support eliminating the scouting prohibition in its entirety, but instead preferred prohibiting live scouting in all sports with exceptions for same-site competition activities. So they sought to expand it rather than reduce it. So this has been something that's been discussed at the NCAA level, and you kind of get what it's like to be on a task force looking at rules. I was on one myself with respect to bar ethics rules in the state of Michigan, and you get a lot of this kind of, well, maybe it should go away. Maybe we should reduce it because it's not very effective. And you ultimately come out with the decision, oh, maybe we should expand it. You get a lot of that kind of conversing in these kind of task forcing groups. But I also want to point out that this isn't a, an issue of minor significance, right? I'm self-invested. I love my Michigan Wolverines. But the Michigan Wolverines are 7-0. and They're the two-time defending Big Ten champions. And they are the co-favorites with Georgia for the national championship this year under Vegas betting odds, right? So this is not some random program that the NCAA is looking at. That's why it kind of grew to national prominence over the course of yesterday and today in a discussion because Michigan is the co-favorites to win the national championship. And so this is a big freaking deal for sports and fairness and competition and an NCAA that is under fire from Congress and from state legislatures for effectively labor law violations for not paying its college athletes and trying to use amateurism as a bulwark against paying them. So there's a lot going on here behind the scenes, and it's not just Jim Harbaugh, and it's not just Ohio State or Notre Dame or Michigan State or anybody else. It's the nature of college football itself and and much, much more happening uh, within these stories. And that's the framework I wanted to give to you while we talk about the Yahoo Sports article which is the one that I thought was the most well-researched from yesterday. Uh, it talks about it a little bit less, a little bit less uh, statement-oriented than the athletic article. They say the NCAA is investigating the Michigan football program for allegedly violating rules that prohibit teams from scouting in-person future opponents. Industry sources told Yahoo Sports. That matches up with what the athletic said. The Big Ten Conference received notification from the NCAA that the organization is conducting an investigation. The spokesperson declined to confirm any more details, so we got the quote from the Big Ten. Teams are normally provided extensive video footage to scout opponents. At issue, according to sources, is whether Michigan used unnamed individuals 
to attend games of both scheduled opponents and possible college football playoff opponents in an effort to gather information on the signs they use to call both offensive and defensive plays. Now, sign stealing is not technically prohibited and has a long and colorful history as part of the game, notes Yahoo Sports. Scouting opponents in person has been prohibited since 1994. So it's really the type of scouting rather than the effect, right? Nobody actually cares and it's not prohibited if you figure out what signs another team is using. To some extent in football, you'd think that that was a kind of intellectual game within the game and you'd be in favor of people being able to figure out what the other party is doing and for folks to be clever enough to hide what they're doing with those signs. But here's the important part, right? Michigan is 7-0, ranked number two in the country, heading into a rivalry game Saturday at Michigan State. It's a big game tomorrow night. We'll see how it goes. Two of Michigan's opponents this season told Yahoo Sports they became aware that Michigan knew their play signs. And again, just like in the athletic, the framework here is that that's, that's a bad thing. That's, that's somehow illegal in and of itself. And for one, that's an allegation. It's an anonymous allegation of coaches that got killed by 30 points. And two... Uh, it's not illegal for them to know their play signs. It's essentially a, a bad look for the coach themselves to get their to get their plays known because they're not varying things enough within the within the field. Sign stealing does not violate NCAA rules unless the team uses in-game electronic equipment to relay the information to players on the field or amongst coaches, which is not what was alleged in this article or the article we just read. But hold on to that point for just a minute. The 2023 NCAA football rulebook addresses sign stealing in a general way under a section titled "Prohibited." field equipment. It states that any attempt to record either through audio or visual video means any signals given by an opposing player, coach, or other team personnel is prohibited. No corresponding penalty is listed. The rule book does express the need for coaches to follow the so-called football code and states that only the highest standards of sportsmanship and conduct are expected of players, coaches, and others associated with the game. It further lists numerous examples of unethical and unsportsmanlike conduct, but sign stealing is not among them. So this article goes a little bit further than the bylaw and says, hey, look, you know, we've got a generalized ethics code that says we're going to play this game fair. And that's where I sit and say, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's what I would be concerned about, certainly as a Michigan fan. I like to think that the teams I'm supporting are playing as ethically as possible and following those rules. But what's interesting about these kinds of codes is, right, you see here only the highest standards of sportsmanship are expected of players. Well, one of the issues I've always had watching football is that, when a player doesn't catch a pass or when they otherwise uh, fail in whatever it is that they are doing, you'll often see them try to get a penalty or, or pretend that they did catch the pass or did the thing that they should have done. And I've often thought that <clears throat> under these kinds of statements, only the highest standards of sportsmanship are expected. That kind of behavior in and of itself should probably be policed, that we want everybody to be as ethical as possible, which is a kind of segue but I think it's important to note that nobody really interprets the football code or the codes of ethics to be at that particular level of requirement. We, we expect players and coaches and others associated with the game to use all methods possible to win the football game, to win the sporting event. And it's some kind of vague line between acceptable and unacceptable conduct that these kinds of paragraphs and things like a football code try to police. And that's always going to be more ambiguous than something like a strict bylaw that says you're not allowed to go there to see an opponent play that you've got later in the season. And primarily that was a cost cutting measure, right? In-person scouting was prohibited for almost all circumstances in 1994 as a cost saving tool. And that sentence may or may not make sense to you just on original reading, but it makes sense when you think about it as the NCAA is a giant national body 
And what they saw was that some programs couldn't afford to have scouts for every other opponent that season. And so they were getting less fair results from their football team because only the big programs could afford to have a staff that was big enough to send somebody out everywhere. So you ban in-person scouting as a cost-saving tool to try to equalize the playing field, the actual playing of football or whatever sport you're talking about in order to, to realize that effect. It's not, strictly speaking, a rule that was made because we thought that there was going to be a high level of competitive advantage conferred. In fact, the NCAA, when we looked at that document as they discussed in-person scouting, was talking about the fact that we don't think there's a high level of competitive advantage conferred, and we don't think that any coach would really engage in it because it doesn't make a lot of sense to us that that would be very useful. Now, the NCAA can be wrong on that analysis. and Indeed, they kept the rule, so it suggests that that concern was mitigated by the conversations that they had in the room. But it's worth noting that we're not talking about a rule in and of itself that is breaking somebody's kneecaps to win a game or doing other things that are really harmful to the players or the game. I do think that to the extent it's not allowed and it's trying to cheat fair play on the field, it's something that should be punished. I said that earlier. But we are talking about different things than some really significant stuff that the NCAA has looked at in the past. Among college coaches, Clemson is believed to have been particularly adept at it in the past. Sorry, Kurt. Much of the speculation fell to former defensive coordinator Brent Venables, now the head coach at Oklahoma. At the 2021 Sugar Bowl, Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields said he huddled to call plays more often in an effort to prevent Clemson from stealing signs. Other teams have used curtains, hard-to-read colors, and other methods to try to disguise play calls. Now, the Yahoo Sports also notes that Michigan is under prior investigation. Michigan is already under NCAA investigation for a series of level two rule violations. Those are misdemeanors in NCAA parlance that include Harbaugh meeting with recruits during a COVID dead period, using too many coaches in practice and watching player workouts on Zoom. And we don't get to see a lot of details of all of this, except that we know that the inside folks at Michigan think most of this stuff is bunk. Michigan wound up suspending Harbaugh for three games of the season uh, to start this particular season in order to essentially mollify the NCAA so they wouldn't seek a, a longer suspension. But we don't know how all that's going to turn out. And with the second one on the books, the NCAA may be more inclined to throw the book at Harbaugh. And since Harbaugh is looking at NFL teams basically every offseason, it's possible that he just decides that the NCAA is not worth dealing with. And Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan and whatever happens to Michigan happens to Michigan. So I'm obviously against that at this point in time. And certainly I'm against it happening if the NCAA is acting nefariously, but we'll see what happens there. NCAA football is a passionate, passionate thing. And a lot of folks are interested in what happens there and whether or not Jim Harbaugh gets to stay. Now, this was what I had prepared for this video as of yesterday. When I woke up this morning, ESPN was running a story called Michigan Staffer Eyed as Center of Elaborate Scouting Scheme, Sources Say. So let's take a look at what ESPN has going on. It's worth noting here that ESPN has an ownership interest in the broadcast rights for competing conference to the Big Ten. Again, I can't even note all of the various relationships with the parties that we're looking at on these topics because there's a, there's a board member of the NCAA that had a previous business relationship with Jim Harbaugh that didn't turn out very well. And all these things play into understanding the various tilts and interests and biases in a story like this one. But we're going to try to just play it flat and take a look at what ESPN is presenting here. A low-level staffer with a military background has emerged as one of the linchpins in the NCAA's investigation into Michigan's alleged sign-stealing operation, sources told ESPN on Thursday. 
Connor Stallions, a football analyst with the Wolverines and a retired captain in the United States Marine Corps, is a person of interest in the investigation. And you gotta like the internet, right? Because we got a US Air Force ad right next to this discussion of a military figure. Sources said the NCAA's enforcement staff's level of interest in Stallions is so significant, it sought access to his computer as part of its investigation. I don't know how that sentence works exactly. It strikes me that if you think this person had something to do with the scheme, then you'd be interested in their electronics as a member of society in 2023. So I'm not sure that that's so significant. I don't know what that is doing there, but that's ESPN's language, not anybody else's. Sources indicated that the process is underway, although it's uncertain what investigators will find. Well, yes, they haven't found it yet. So we'll see how that goes. But you can see all of this story is essentially before we would usually be discussing a story like this one. Generally speaking, you have these kinds of news items and the Big Ten talking to all of the opponents after something has been found. This is before something has been found. So it's, it's an interesting time period to actually talk about these stories in. A source told ESPN that the Wolverines used an elaborate scouting system to steal signals from future opponents since at least 2021. Now, that's an interesting date because it's worth noting that Michigan had a very bad 2020, the COVID year, wasn't great in 2021, and has been undefeated in the regular season since. With the ongoing NCAA investigation into Michigan recruiting and Coach Jim Harbaugh potentially facing additional penalties there, this separate investigation could significantly increase his exposure to additional suspension and or have him just leave the league entirely. The Harbaugh denied any involvement. If the allegations are proven to be true, Michigan would have violated bylaw 11.6.1, which states off-campus in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season is prohibited. Even though Harbaugh said he had no knowledge of the alleged scheme pursuant to NCAA bylaw 11.1.2.1, a head coach is presumed to have knowledge of what is occurring in his program and therefore can be responsible for the actions of his staff and individuals associated with the program. So, yes, the NCAA can punish Harbaugh as the head of the organization, regardless of whether he personally knew what was going on, because you're assumed to have control over your staff. But sometimes they do that, sometimes they don't. It really depends on whether they think you're a bad actor or not. Earlier this year, the NCAA removed the rebuttable presumption from head coach responsibility, making the head coach promoted, making whether the head coach promoted compliance and or monitored the program relevant to penalty determinations only. Now, we have to decode what ESPN is saying here a little bit, but it seems like it used to be the case that the head coach could somehow prove that they really had no awareness of some bad actor on their staff doing something bad. And that could get the university and the coach out of being found guilty of the underlying violation. And what this says is that, no, you're still guilty of it because you're responsible for your whole staff. But if you didn't know about it, if you didn't promote it, if you didn't direct somebody to do it, the penalty might be a lot less. So Harbaugh at minimum is saying we shouldn't be penalized very much for this if there was some person that we hired that did things that were outside the bounds of what I expected of people. Now, if you're going to games on Saturdays, all NCAA games are on Saturdays, that and you're on with your team, it's hard to imagine a situation where you could personally scout opponents' games on the same day and the same time that you're playing them, and somebody like Jim Harbaugh wouldn't note that you're missing every game day. So I don't know whether that works out if this actually happened, but I still have questions exactly what they're going to find and whether or not any of this really did happen. We've got elaborate schemes and whatnot being discussed now, right? Uh, around Michigan's football building, Stallions is known to technically work in the recruiting department under director of recruiting Albert Karshina, Karshnia. But a source said it was known in the building that he spent much of his time deciphering opponent signals 
often watching television copies of opponents' games. So he may well have been the person in charge of figuring out what signals were being called. What is crucial to the NCAA case, says ESPN, though, is isn't what Stallions did while breaking down television copies of games to learn and decode opponent signals. That's legal. That's okay. It's whether or not illicit methods were used, which are alleged to include opponent scouting in different venues and was outlawed by the NCAA nearly three decades ago as a cost-cutting measure to bring equity to the sport. The allegations have rattled coaches and administrators around the Big Ten. Now, this is where ESPN gets a little weird here because they're going to use an anonymous source essentially to complain. This is worse than both the Astros and the Patriots. So the Astros, I didn't bring up, it's a similar kind of Spygate type of situation, were accused of essentially, I think it was banging trash cans in their dugout when the pitcher would call for specific signs so they could tell the batter exactly what pitch was coming. It's both use of technology for a competitive advantage and there's allegations that they are filming prior games, not just in-game, a Big Ten source said. If it was just an in-game situation, that's different. Going and filming somewhere you're not supposed to be, it's illegal. It's too much of an advantage. Now, I will say this is a quote, so I'm gonna. That's fine for ESPN to quote it. The word "illegal" is perhaps used a little bit too much, both in this situation and online. Right? Illegal, a violation of law, is not what we're talking about at all here. We aren't talking about murder or battery or anything like that. We're talking about a potential violation of a Big Ten bylaw which I know has law in the word, but is not a legal useful uh, concept, right? We aren't talking about somebody going to jail. We aren't talking about that kind of situation. We're talking about rules violations, not illegalities. Stallions, a graduate of the, University of the United States Naval Academy, was hired as an off-field analyst at Michigan in May 2022, according to a bio on his LinkedIn account. That lines up with the time period we heard in the other articles. In the bio, Stallions wrote that he attempts to employ Marine Corps philosophies and tactics into the sport of football regarding strategies in staffing, recruiting, scouting, intelligence, planning, and more. So that's a LinkedIn profile. He's trying to upsell exactly what it is that he does for the Michigan football program, and that's fine. And I think they're designed to include this quote because of the word scouting, but it's worth noting that it's right after the word recruiting. And part of what colleges do in the NCAA in the United States is that they go and they scout high school teams to figure out what players they're going to make scholarship offers to, to join their football teams. So there's perfectly legitimate reasons to scout football games. Uh, and it's, it's not really as nefarious as might be implied by its presence in this portion of the ESPN article. Now this guy could be the worst. He could be a totally bad apple. He could have been hired by Jim Harbaugh to be a bad apple and to do exactly what he's accused of, to which I would be in agreement that they should be penalized for. But it's also possible that he's just a guy that's very adamant about scouting, intelligence planning, and, and using these philosophies for the advantage of his football team, and that he hasn't done these things, and that there's disgruntled coaches that have been beaten by a lot of points by Michigan that have chosen to advance a theory that Michigan is cheating in the results that they're getting in football. So that's the stories that I wanted to talk to you all about today. And I wanted to, again, thank folks for supporting the channel and for conversations like this through all the many ways that they do it, whether it's just telling friends that we're having these conversations, player, Patreon, membership, Super Chats, and all the rest. Thank you so much, everybody. Now, what does everybody think about these stories? My Michigan football team, I know folks have Buckeye fandoms in the comments. I know folks have other things. I know that the thinker is adamant that this is a really big deal, which is, which is fair. People can absolutely 100% think that. 
I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong to think it's a, a considerable deal. Certainly it's being reported on like it's a major, major deal. And the Big Ten telling everybody, everybody about the allegations suggests that the Big Ten thinks that there's something there, but it's still worth noting that it's all in the investigation stage right now. Sardinism, this is interesting to me. I like listening to people explain stuff I don't know anything about. That is very nice of you to say, Sardinism. I tried to think about someone that doesn't follow college football and tried to explain when I thought that that would be useful, but I know that it's a specific kind of information base that I, I know. And so if it made any sense at all to you, I'm very happy. Kelly C., who is a Michigan fan and communicates with me on Twitter, says, timing is suspicious. It's a witch hunt at best. I think the timing is very suspicious. I don't know whether it's a witch hunt or not, um, but I don't think there's enough to actually have this much kind of credibility poured on it from these various outlets, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you about it today. Papa Rick says, I don't know. I'm going to wait and see what the conclusion is. I think waiting and seeing is the only way to handle a story like this. And it's worth noting. And I'm certainly noting it as a Michigan fan, but I think everybody has to kind of see what's going to happen here. Crazy Cat Queen, thank you. Go Blue for Big Ten, thank you. Boomer Sooner and Go Knowles. So that's Oklahoma and Florida State. So lots of different fandoms there in Crazy Cat Queen's house. I love it. I love college football, so I, I, I respect those teams. Good luck to all of them. JoJo says Ohio State and U of M will be a great game to watch. It will. That'll be a fun game again. Shereen, feel Michigan and Jim are getting targeted by the NCAA for being successful. Like, where is the evidence? I don't begrudge anybody investigating things. If they get a what the Big Ten described as credible evidence on this stuff, I don't know whether that exists or not, but I have no problem with people investigating. That's how you find out the truth. I have a little bit of a problem with that investigation being made public at the current stage that it's in. That's unusual even for the NCAA. And so I, I think that that's worth noting. And certainly Jim Harbaugh is the kind of voice in the sport that rubs people the wrong way. Carolyn says, I've had too much conspiracy brain lately, so I'll just wait and see. I think that's the, the right call. <coughs> Callista says, I don't know anything about football, but this sounds like a big nothing burger. As it stands right this second, it doesn't exist, but we'll see where it goes from here. Crazy Cat Queen also says, love the bookshelf. I love the bookshelf too. And somebody pointed out in comments to the last video that I do have the uh, the Unmatched game series here. If you haven't played it, I highly recommend Unmatched. Uh, it's a game where you get a small deck of cards uh, to play as characters from literature, Sherlock Holmes, The Invisible Man, uh, as well as Marvel characters and other folks. And you combat each other with skills that are related to your particular character. And I, I love the game series and it's been a lot of fun to play with the family. Check it out if you're interested. Lynn Brown says it's sports ball. I'm a Canadian. I walked in with no knowledge. I enjoyed learning so much today. Well, thank you, Lynn. I really appreciate that. That is definitely what I'm trying to do here. Sardinism says people talking about stuff they're passionate about is fun to listen to, and I did understand more than I usually do about football. LOL. Well, thank you. Thinker says Ohio State beat Michigan 20 straight years, and then all of a sudden they win the last two years. They cheated when they played Ohio State. I mean, I watched those games, the Thinker. Uh, I don't know that they cheated on hitting five long bomb passes uh, against Ohio State last year 
or the two touchdowns in the fourth quarter that were 80 yard runs. But I mean, whatever people need to feel about it, it's possible that Michigan was in violation of these rules. I'm willing to grant that, but I, I don't know that you can say that definitively. Also, by the way, Ohio State only won 16 out of 17 in the 17 years prior to those two wins. Believe me, I was fully aware of that time period, the dark times. Weezy says, your comment suggesting Michigan is innocent because they're winning, so why steal signs? Exactly what the Patriots did and didn't need to because they win. <coughs> oh. The Patriots, one, have an interesting relationship to Michigan because Tom Brady is a University of Michigan Wolverine. But two, I think you could have a similar kind of conspiratorially minded look at Tom Brady, the Patriots, and Roger Goodell in that I don't think Spygate or Deflategate were really as well evidenced as the NFL suggested, certainly with respect to the deflation of, of footballs. And so it's it's interesting to watch to watch those same kinds of issues happen now at the NCAA level with a figure like Jim Harbaugh. Shereen says, can't wait to see Georgia versus Michigan. If we do get to see Georgia versus Michigan, that is a game that I would be concerned about as a Michigan fan because Georgia is a heck of a football program. Northwestern has won more Big Ten championships the last 20 years than Michigan. Uh, have they won three? It's very possible. Emily says, in my opinion, the stories all make them seem guilty before the investigation has been finished. And I personally don't care for Jim Harbaugh at all. That's the feeling I get as well with the caution that I'm tilted towards Michigan and Harbaugh. <laughs> so I felt that these were being reported very early on because there is a certain there is a certain amount of, oh, look at the haughty fall, right? Jim Harbaugh is always talking about ethics and and doing the right thing and fair play and whatnot. And, and now look at what's on the top line of these articles is that he was in charge of a vast conspiracy to defraud his opponents, essentially. Kelly says, interesting that this came out when Urban Meyer, the former coach of OSU, was allegedly interviewing at MSU, but how long did it take for the Tucker stuff to come out? So to unwind that a little bit, it's a question of the NCAA investigating MSU and MSU investigating themselves taking a number of months to come out before they wound up firing their head coach. Urban Meyer, interestingly enough, is still an employee of the Ohio State University Buckeyes and is also an employee of Fox and goes around to various games and watches those teams play. So there's all sorts of things that are like around this issue. And the question, of course, is not just did Michigan violate the rule, which is important, but is the rule an important rule to keep, right? We talk about that in virtual legality more than hangouts and headlines, but just because something is right doesn't mean it's legal. And just because something is legal doesn't mean it's right and vice versa. Just because something is illegal doesn't make it wrong. These are still human beings writing laws in the case of virtual legality or human beings writing bylaws in the case of this story here. So you always have to look at all those factors when you're thinking about how you want to feel about an issue, but certainly to the extent that all sports is premised around following the same rules. I want Michigan and I want the teams that I support to be following those rules to the best of their ability. So if there was some kind of systemic effort 
to violate this particular rule, I would not like it. That would not be something I'm in favor of, regardless of the outcomes. Crazy Cat Queen, what is the book collection over your right shoulder? Looks like a set. Also, I love NCAA football. So that is the unmatched set. That's Those are board games. So I've got board games there, and I've got board games – we'll use the left hand here – here – uh, and I have a lot more that I can see over here. My wife specifically didn't want just shelves of board games behind me, but I love games of all kinds, video games, board games. And so I have a lot of them in this room with me, as well as arcade machines. Now, if you guys can see those well enough to guess what those arcade machines represent, I'd be really impressed. But they're both from the 80s. So a little hint there. Sardism says, I found Nothing Burger in a puzzle I was working on this morning. LOL. That's impressive. What was the clue for Nothing Burger is the answer? Oh, did you get Pebble and Fog set? I, I Is it Pebble? It's uh, it's Cobble and Fog, like, like Cobblestone Roads. I got that and Red Riding Hood at Gen Con. I love Unmatched. So I hope you love it. Yeah, Cobble and Fog is my favorite of the sets. So enjoy it. It's great. Allison does say, I do struggle with remembering that when you say football, you are not referring to soccer. That's true. I'm not referring to soccer. I apologize for that. I try to say American football as much as I can, but I do know that we have a large international audience that looks at that and says, uh, the University of Michigan soccer team just isn't very good. So they're okay, but they're not the football team. Britt, thank you again for another super chat. If they were investigating based on success, the SEC teams, the SEC teams would always be under investigation. I'm willing to give Jim a pass. Maybe the lower coaches are getting these signs from fans that travel on their own dime. It's certainly possible, right? That's the other thing is it's unnamed folks. We've got this military person that the ESPN article is focused on, but one of the issues that the NCAA has always had with universities is that there are big fans of these schools and that they aren't technically affiliated with them, but they like to try to help their schools in ways that are definitely violative of the rules, whether that's helping to pay for a player to come to the school or now in the age of NIL doing specific booster program things that maybe don't quite follow the NIL, NIL, which is name, image, and likeness rules as well as they should. And so if there were just Michigan fans at these various games that were passing along things, that would be the kind of thing that could result in a story like this one, especially if Michigan and Jim Harbaugh decided to institutionalize that process. Kurt says, I don't really understand the problem of stealing signs. You can't blame me for paying attention to what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the notion. And it's also the notion that even if you know uh, exactly what the offense is going to call or what defense is going to be called against you, it may or may not provide an advantage if you aren't playing the game of football well. So it's it's really it's really a tricky one to see actually being what Michigan has been doing, especially the way they are winning these games. But we will see over the course of this investigation. Carolyn asks, if Ohio State didn't change plays and the observation happened before those two years, it wouldn't be a violation, right? It would not, right? It's the same season. <clears throat> you have to send somebody to go watch an Ohio State game, and they have to be evaluating what signals they're using and then essentially informing your staff what their signals are as part of the game you play with them that year. Christine says, love of the sport calls for time to see if the investigation leads to anything before we find them guilty. But saying that, I'm looking forward to the next few weeks as we are Penn State is how that ends. So Christine's a Penn State fan. 
Michigan's big games are all in November, including one against top 10 Penn State, one against top 10 Ohio State, and one against perennial underdog world beater Maryland. So Maryland's got a good football team, and they tend to beat teams that they shouldn't in times that they shouldn't. So Michigan plays Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State in November. Those are really the only three games against major competition that they play this year. And certainly... I don't blame anybody that's a Penn State fan for looking forward to both the Ohio State game this weekend and, and getting Michigan on the schedule in early November. So good luck to you, Penn State, certainly against Ohio State, but not against Michigan. I can't give you that. Thinker, I think might be an Ohio State fan based on this series of uh, comments today, but Ohio State scored over 40 points against every team last year. Then they play Michigan and they only score 21 points. They knew our plays. I mean, I would ask that you go back and look at that game and see whether knowledge of the plays was affecting the Michigan defense and their ability to stymie the Ohio State offense. That's what I would that's what I would argue there is that just like Michigan's winning games by 30 points and I don't expect them to beat Penn State and Ohio State by 30 points, the competition is different when you play different teams. Weezy Hogue, I, I agree on your analysis and appreciate your perspective, but I'm a Patriots hater, so I think it was serious. Gotta love bias. Hey, I understand. Sports is kind of the place where you're allowed to be biased, right? You're allowed to just say, hey, I like this color uniform for no reason other than I do, and you guys are all cheaters and haters, and that was a penalty, and they should have called it, and you, and you won because the refs uh, liked you or you bribed them or what have you. I get that in sports. It's one of the reasons I find it to be useful to talk about in this way, but hopefully... Even in a story like this, where I very clearly want Michigan to be innocent of these charges, I was still able to talk to you all about what I was seeing in just the reporting. Kristen says, love that you can uh, love that you can see the wooden play button too. Yeah, I, I think that Mrs. Hoaglaw did a great job of setting up various things that kind of speak to who I am and, and the things that I read and law books and video games and board games and everything else. So I think she did a great job and Rob did just such a fantastic job making that play button. I think I got it while I was in the hospital this year. So he's, he's great. And he did that for us and it was wonderful. So thank you everybody. And I think at this point, we're about an hour and 20 minutes in, this is hangouts and headlines for October 20th, 2023. I think I've grabbed everything I'm supposed to grab, but I'm going to do one last check. So I don't make that mistake again. Uh, thank you everybody for supporting the channel, for liking, for subscribing, for sharing these videos with folks. I am so, so thankful that I get to do this with you all so often, and I really appreciate all of the support. So thank you, everybody. I'm going to just look through these super chats real quick. We got dad buying dino hoodies. I remember that. We covered that one. All right, everybody. I think I've got everything by the, as best I can tell. So if I missed anything, I really apologize for that. Crazy Cat Queen came in late here with the, with the last one. And then we are going to see each other off to a wonderful weekend of completely fair play football. Michigan versus Michigan State tomorrow night. Come enjoy it with me. Hopefully it'll go well for the Michigan Wolverines. We'll see. Crazy Cat Queen says, so if I were a billionaire owner of a company and wanted to pay ridiculous amounts of money on name and likeness of college players to get them to come to FSU, is that against the rules? So, yes, the to get them to come to FSU part is, 
but you're allowed to go and effectively say, look, if you happen to wind up at FSU, it just so happens that I've got a sponsorship deal that gives you $100,000 in commercials for FSU players. But I'm not telling you to come to FSU, but that's just a program that I have. That's kind of allowed right now. So it's so it's wild west in, in college sports right this second. And JoJo, thank you so much for the super sticker. That is fantastic. I really appreciate it. Uh, and Knoxville Buckeye looks like one that I missed, so I'll catch it right now. I apologize. The problem is the NCAA has no power. Coaches should be fined out the wazoo. Players are the ones that will be suffering. Go Vols, beat Bama. Yeah, the NCAA is a paper tiger. There's no question that even when they are faced with giant issues, the schools basically just clam up, don't allow any access to investigations, and the NCAA has proven to be too weak to stop that. Michigan has, at least throughout its history, complied with NCAA investigation requests and wound up getting a little bit burned by them because some of the rules are very bureaucratic and put faults are not otherwise given special treatment. So Michigan got in trouble once for over-practicing by like minutes at a time because they felt that the stretching time was not actually practice time. And there was a dispute over whether that was true or not. And all sorts of things have happened in the past. But right now the NCAA has no power except for the power the schools give them. And Michigan is one of those schools that do it does still grant the NCAA investigative authority over it. Jeremy Morton says, catching up at super speed. I always liked Dan Wetzel at Yahoo. I think he's a good reporter. I, I think he's a good reporter. I think Yahoo Sports has a lot of good reporters on their team. Uh, and so I, I like that article. I think it was the best done of the series here. But And I certainly don't begrudge anybody for reporting on it once the Big Ten puts out an announcement. Once the Athletic goes out with their news story, it's like, well, all right, if that's going to be a thing, I don't blame anybody in the NCAA sports reporting arena from going and catching on. I just don't think it was probably appropriate for the Big Ten and the NCAA to make this big a deal out of it before we have more details to even discuss, whether you're a Michigan fan or a Michigan opponent on this particular topic. So it does seem early to me. To have these conversations. Thank you, Jeremy. All right, everybody. I got through the super chats. Thank you so much for the support. Again, have a wonderful weekend, and I will catch you on the next episode of Hangouts and Headlines, Virtual Legality. Who knows? Lawyers and Dragons. And you can check me out elsewhere online this weekend. I will be more specific about that when those videos actually go live. Thank you, everyone, and have a great one.